We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Like Dean said, my name's Cody. Um, if you haven't met me before, um, I, I'm a pastor in the ACC movement. Uh, my wife and I, we have three kids who were down the front running around earlier, and I believe they're in kids' ministry right now. Um, what else? I, I live in Ardrossan, so uh, that's about uh, 100Ks north of here. Thank you, Sarah. And um, yeah, so, so I've I, been part of this church for about two years. We moved down from Queensland um, to a place like this, and people ask me all the time, why'd you do that? And I think this is the best place on earth. Um, people say, well, yeah. It's amazing down here, like there's actually winter and people are genuine and they're friendly and um, when I was preparing for this message I thought I hope it gets, um, I hope it comes across right because I believe we as a church and as a community are good in this area but um, I always believe we can be better. But before I introduce that, um, I just want to talk about the series we're in. We're talking, uh, it, it's the small things. And, and Ben, I believe, started it last week and uh, he talked on prayer. And as we know, prayer is something that uh, we can make a big deal about it. But at the end of the day, it's a small thing where we communicate with God. And if we pray constantly, uh, even if it's only a few words every day talking to God, it, be, it leads to big things, opens big doors in our lives. And, and I think some, one, something that Ben said last week that, that stuck with me was small hinges open big doors. Uh, the doors you walked in today are on these little pins that open this big massive door and allow you to walk through. And, and prayer and a lot of other things are those, uh, are those small things that when done consistently lead to big things. And it works in both our spiritual and our physical world, in our mental, in our behavior. Um, some examples here, prayer, uh, meeting with God. If we continually meet with God, it unlocks things. Uh, when we read the Word, even if it's only a verse a day or a verse a week, like sometimes, if you're like me, sometimes I just forget to read the Bible for a few days, right? Um, it just happens, life happens. But I mean, reading the Word bits and pieces at a time leads to big things. Fasting is something that I don't do often enough, but it leads to big things. Uh, with money, often um, if we put away little bits at a time over our whole life, it ends up into something big in the end. In our relationships, uh, my, my wife loves it when I offer to do the dishes, dishes occasionally. Um, she loves it when I, I come in and say I love her. Like these small little things that end up turning to big things, a life of uh, an amazing relationship with kids, little bits at a time. Uh, like Gabby said earlier, with exercise, you can't just wake up one morning and be fit. Um, you've got to do little bits and pieces at a time. If you do too much too quickly, you'll actually probably give up and, and turn around and go back. So the small things have a big impact over life. And like I said, Ben talked on prayer last week. This week I want to talk on generosity. Uh, something that in my life has, has opened doors for me uh, from a young age, even if I didn't truly understand what true generosity was. And I will start by reading a few Bible verses. The Bible has a lot to say about generous, generosity and generous people. Uh, Psalms 112.5 says, Goodwill come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Proverbs 22 uh, verse 9 says, The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Psalms 37, 26, talking about the righteous person, says they are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. Uh, Proverbs 28, 27, those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. Proverbs 11, 24, 25 says uh, one person gives freely yet gains more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper 
Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And that's just a few. If you notice, they were all from Proverbs and Psalms. It's all throughout the Bible, and we will look at a few more verses today. But generosity is, is spoken all throughout the Word of God. And there's two things that I can gather from that. The first thing is it's obviously important to God. This idea of generosity is important to God that He's, he's put it in there for us to read. And the second thing, because it's in there so often, generosity is important to our heart. Generosity is important to who we are as followers of Christ. And so I stop and ask, um, what, what exactly is generosity? What makes someone a generous person? And then how can we be more generous people? And so these are the things I want to talk about today and at the end uh, talk about the specifics of how we can be more generous. But before we dive in, I just want to pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for the word that you've given me. Lord, I thank you uh, for the blessing it is to impart this word, Lord. But I, I pray that hearts open to receive. Lord, I pray that ears are listening, uh, that eyes can, uh, can be open to, to see what they can do to be more generous, to, to live more like you, God. And, and, and if nothing else, Lord, I pray that you speak to the hearts of people today, even if it's not about my message, even if they're 100% generous, they've got this all sorted out, God. Would you speak to their heart on whatever issue they need? In Jesus' name, amen. So Ben spoke to me about this series about two or three months ago and my, and my thought straight away was what, what has opened doors for me in my life and, and my thought went to giving. I remember everyone, sorry, has, everyone has something in your life probably, a trait that has opened doors for you. Um, for someone like my wife, um, she is just, she's bubbly, she's exciting to be around, she can talk to anyone about anything, she listens to people, that opens doors for her in her world. Uh, for other people, uh, they're in the right place at the right time and that opens doors for them and they end up uh, moving into areas that they never thought they could. Some people are born in the right family. Some people uh, do the right thing with their wealth and they're born in the right area and, and that paves the way for them. But asking myself the question, what opened the doors for my life? It was giving, but more specifically, generosity. Uh, so my first thought was giving and then God kind of revealed to me that giving isn't the end of it. Um, because as we'll hear later, uh, giving and generosity aren't the same thing. They're two different things. So I, I remember at a young age, I would, I, I'd give people the time of the day. You know, you know, there's some people in our lives that you, you see and you kind of think, I don't have time for a conversation with you right now, and you tend to avoid them. And uh, it's harder to do in a small town, but coming from a city where I was, it was easy just to kind of walk over the other side of the road, look down, pretend like you're going about your day. Oh, someone texts me, you know, don't talk to them. But I realized at a young age that I, I could give to people by talking to them. I could give to people by listening to them. Even though I wasn't good at talking, and sometimes I wasn't good at listening, I could give something to them. And over time, that opened doors for where I was. I was never the type of person who said, oh, I want to stand up on stage and speak. Oh, I want to get behind a bass guitar and play bass. Oh, I want to do this or that or that. I just saw something that I could give to someone. Someone was struggling, maybe didn't have enough musicians, maybe they didn't have someone to run something, and I was like, well, I can't do it well, but I can do it, so I'll jump in and do it. And so, as I said, went from giving to, to generosity, and, and there's actually a big difference. And, uh, and leading up to this, I like to do a lot of research. Uh, if you've had dinner with me and I end up on my phone during dinner, it's not because I'm answering text messages or phone calls. Um, if you've said something that interests me and, and I think I need to know more about it, I'll instantly on the spot, um, much to my wife's frustration, I'll just dig in and like, look at it and I'm searching it and 10 minutes later I enter back into the conversation, I'm like, did you know this and this and this? And by then they moved on 10 minutes ago. I like to research things. And so I researched generosity and, and you know what I found was, it was almost a little bit depressing what I found. 
um, was that there wasn't much on the topic of generosity as far as worldly studies on, the, on this topic. And outside Christian circles, there's actually very little. Um, one of the most interesting things I've actually read was someone questioning whether generosity was actually a thing or not. And that was about as deep as, as society went into it. And I started to realise that there's a reason behind that. And uh, diving into God's Word and, and what I could, the little resources I could, I came up with this description of generosity. Giving to someone else something that is valued to us without expecting, wanting or needing anything in return. Everything about us goes against that, right? From a, from a purely evolutionary perspective, on the other side of things, they would say, well, it's all about survival of the fittest. Uh, you've got to look after yourself first, you've got to survive, and, uh, and unfortunately our world works like that quite a bit. Um, you see it all the time uh, in business, and you see it in the time in, in politics and all sorts of things. Um, our sinful nature tends to bring us to selfish, uh, selfishness, not selflessness. And uh, the biggest example for this, and I believe children, uh, yeah, uh, probably the biggest example of this is uh, with our kids. We've been trying to teach Henry, who's uh, four and a half, um, how to be generous. And uh, it's actually a very hard thing to teach a kid. Um, he, he likes to do things selflessly, or what he calls selflessly. He'll go over to his sister, who's only a year younger than him, and say, Heidi, I'll give you this. I'll give you this toy. And, and it seems like it's a nice gesture. And she takes the toy from him. And then he says, but I want your toy. No, that's not generosity, boy. You, you want something back. That's not being generous. No, I want her toy. No, she doesn't want to give you her toy. Okay, well, then I'll take my toy back. And so trying to teach him that it's, it's better to give than it is to receive is a hard concept. And I think as adults, we think, oh, yeah, we know that. We're, we're a bit better at this. And, um, you know, we know a lot better you know, we're, we're often, we can pride ourselves and say, yeah, I know it's better to, to give than it is to receive. Well, um, I don't want us to jump to that conclusion too quick. Because I'm going to give you some examples here and um, you can laugh at them. But for most of us, it's true. When was the last time you gave someone and they didn't say thank you for it? What happened? What was your thoughts? What was the, the last time you put yourself out for someone and, and did a favour or did something for someone and then there was a chance for them to do a favour for you and they didn't help you out. What about if you helped someone financially and then you needed financial help and uh, they were nowhere to be seen? What if you were over in Adelaide and you got caught in traffic and you decided to let someone in and they were the, the last person to get through to the traffic lights and you got caught at the traffic lights because of your generosity? What's your thir- first thought was, oh, today I'm just being generous. You know, I- I'm, just, I'm just out here to let other people, I don't care. Or did you think something else? If you're anything like me, you probably thought something else. You know, if someone doesn't say thank you, the, the default thing for me to do is go, oh, they're not, they're not very nice, are they? They're not very thankful. But as we read, generosity is giving without receiving anything in return. And so I'm kind of laughing, but kind of serious there. When was the last time we did something that was truly generous? And I've got two scenarios here. And the first one, I'm going to pick on Ben because he's not here. Um, so Ben might be driving past an op shop one day. Right? He's, uh, and, he, and he thinks to himself, oh, I've, got, I've got a pile of CDs in the back of my car I never listen to anymore because who listens to CDs? And he decides to go down later that afternoon and give his CDs over to the person at the op shop. The person at the op shop says, oh, thank you very much, takes them and puts them away. That's your first example. The second example is, and I'll pick on you, Sarah, is uh, Sarah's down at the op shop and she's looking around, she's trying to buy something and she sees there's not many clothes there. 
In fact, uh, there's no clothes of, of her size there for people. And so she runs home and she grabs whatever she can spare uh, without leaving herself without anything. And she takes those clothes down and she donates them. Who had a heart of generosity? Was it a person who gives away something that they no longer need? Or was it the person who gave away something that they could use but saw someone else needed more than them? See, that's where the difference between giving and generosity happens. You can give and not be generous, but I don't believe you can be generous and not give. True generosity is to give someone something with no foreseeable benefit to the person giving, well, to you. To give someone something from you and have no benefit, never foresee that anyone could ever do anything back for you. It's, it's exemplified in, in the scripture where it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that we would have eternal life. There is nothing we can give back to God for that. There is nothing we can do. Even if we try, even if we strive, there was nothing we could do. And so that's probably one of the most generous gifts you can see in the Bible, is that he gave his life so that we could have life. It means nothing in return. It means no favours. I mean, people might give you favours. People might give you something in return, but that's not the reason that you're generous. The thank yous, they might not be thank yous. It isn't to give a, a one-up on someone. It isn't because you have to. It isn't because you feel obliged to. You don't even give just to make yourself feel good or to repay a debt. The only reason should be the benefit of the receiver. I mean, we've all heard the thing that says it's the thought that counts, right? And most of us use it where we, we just couldn't get to the shops and buy something properly or we, we just couldn't do what we wanted to. So we go, oh, it was the thought that counts and we say it jokingly. But when it comes to generosity, it is the thought that counts. It's the thing that's behind why you're giving something. Are you helping your neighbour because it benefits them or does it benefit you? And I'm not saying there's anything bad about that kind of giving, but it's not, sort of, it's not what we would call generosity in a way. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I've heard this, you've probably heard this as a common offering message that people say, talking about money. Um, a lot of the verses in the Bible that we use for offering messages aren't actually talking about money. That's a heads up. Um, but, but I feel that this verse isn't... I feel it's often used, and I've probably used it in the past myself, to convey that if you're going to give something, be happy about giving it, right? But that's not what it says. It says, decide in your heart first to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. It's the heart condition. It's that condition of generosity. If it's only a small thing you want to give, but you can give that out of generosity and be cheerful about it, then give it. But don't be reluctant. In other words, don't feel pressured. Don't uh, feel that you have to. Don't feel that it's something that even, like, if, if the thing inside you is you feel that it's going to impress God by giving, that's the wrong thought as well. God is not impressed any more by who you are and what you do than he is impressed by who you were and what you did. God will never love you more than he loves you right now, and he'll never love you less than he loves you right now. There's nothing that changes that love that God has for us. So when we give, we practice generosity inside of just giving. I wonder what this room would look like if we started throwing away those thoughts of, I wonder what I could get back from doing this. I mean, most of us do it without even thinking, right? We give something and then it just pops in later on. And, uh, and with the example that Gabby shared before about doing, you know, doing exercise, becoming fit, uh, the first thing you usually look at is you've got to look at, is there anything that's going opposite to that? And so for myself, if I'm looking to lose weight or get fit, I've got to think, okay, I've got to stop eating seconds and thirds at night time. 
And so when we're looking at becoming more generous, we've got to look at what are the things that are keeping us back from generosity. And often it's our, it's our thoughts and it's our processes and our minds. But what if we started being generous for generosity's sake as a church? What would this room look like? As a community, what would it look like? As, a, as the world, how would it change? Um, I had a bag of chips this morning on the way here, a healthy breakfast. Um, I had my original breakfast at like six o'clock this morning and, and I was working. We had to stop for fuel and I bought a pack of chips and uh, it's this new 3D Doritos. I don't know if you've seen them. And I bit into one and it's air inside. And I thought that was more expensive than a normal packet of chips. And I'm getting less for it. And I'm thinking, how that's, that's not very generous on behalf of... But that's what society tends to do. They take away a lot and make it cost more. Generosity is the complete opposite. It's giving more and getting even less. So just imagine the impact of the church worldwide, the transformation of our community. But how do we get there? What can we do? They're important questions. And I think summed up, it's the, it's the title of the whole series that we're in right now. It's the small things. It's the small acts of generosity daily that, that, that will open up our community and open up people to understanding who we are, who God is, and will open the path to being blessed. Um, daily generosity we'll see incredible change. And uh, I'm not just talking about money. In fact, uh, I want to stay away from talking about money because I think that the easiest and the most typical way for us to see generosity is thinking about money. But maybe it's about being generous in our time, in our speech, in our thoughts, in the way we behave towards others. Uh, it might be generous in, in, in a lot of different ways. You can, you can think about it. But the good thing about generosity is that generosity breeds generosity. I've never met a generous person who, by being generous, becomes less generous. I'll say that again. I've never met a person, a generous person, who, is, by being generous, becomes less generous. But I've met a lot of people who've given lots, didn't get anything back in return, and so they gave less next time. I've met people, um, I've met truly generous people in my life. People that I, and you probably have too. There's people in your life that you say, there's no way I could ever repay what they've done. And then the other thing I, I, I thought about is, um, I remember one time, um, years ago, and they were preaching a message on generosity in my old church. And um, I remember thinking to myself, oh, I used to be more generous, God. I used to be more generous when I had more money. I used to be more generous before I got married. I used to be more generous before I had our kid. Uh, and I started having to think to myself, well then, was it true generosity if it was under the conditions of what I had at the time and what I don't have now? I don't think a, a generous person in life ever becomes less generous. Generosity breeds generosity and generosity is contagious. There is great joy in being generous to people and it rubs off. You can give something to someone and then you never receive anything in turn but that might spark then the ability to then give to someone else and it passes on. You know what also rubs off on people? Stinginess. If we're stingy to people in our love, if we're stingy in our relationships, if we're stingy in uh, the words we say, it rubs off on people. And then they tend to have a stingy attitude towards us and then towards other people in all areas of their life. And I think this is where the church has got itself into a lot of trouble. Um, there's a stigma around the church that uh, we, we, we just want to see bums in seats or we just, uh, we're doing something good to someone because we want to get something back in return. 
And uh, I think this is our chance to change that. I think in the past, whether it was hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, I think well-meaning people use what was generosity to try and convince people to do things. We have a chance to just be generous. I tell you what, nothing baffles a, a, a non-believer more than if you give something to them and have nothing in return. They'll think about it for weeks, for months. They won't have any clue. It'll baffle them so much, they'll probably ask you why you were so generous with them and, hey, what an awesome opportunity. I don't think there's anything in our Christian walk that people uh, think about or, or talk about more than generosity or stinginess. There were, everyone's looking for a motivation behind what someone's doing. And I know I'm looking at people that think the same as me. Someone does something for me, I think, what do they want? Maybe uh, one of the ways we can be generous is taking people for a benefit of the doubt and thinking they want nothing in return. That's a way of being generous. The Bible says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If we find a way to be generous to one another, how much better is it? How, how other way is easier to love on someone than being generous in anything? Generosity breeds generosity. Generosity is contagious. And generosity goes above and beyond. But one thing I wanted to say, sorry, in the last point still, was uh, generosity is talked about by everyone. The person who gives often talks about the generous act. I mean, the Bible says, don't let your left hand and your right hand know what's going on. So often we talk about it in a way that doesn't say, if you're truly generous, you don't want to make yourself feel big about it, but you will talk about generosity. The person who received will talk about the generosity. And, you know, anyone who witnesses it, people who see someone giving someone something else, they'll talk about it too. And so generosity is contagious. Generosity goes above and beyond. And it says in Luke 6.38, Give and it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. It will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, this scripture confused me before I knew what it was. Um, and often, another one that we hear often talked about around offering and giving, but what it represented um, is when you were in the marketplace in the Jewish customs and culture, if you came across a trader that was truly generous... They would, uh, they would lift up their shirt. I won't do that for you because I'll save you guys the, the white whale underneath. Um, but they would lift up their robe or, or if they had a basket with them. And the idea is the generous person would put something in there and then they would shake it and they'd press it down and then they'd refill and then they'd do the action over and over again, shake and until that thing was full. And that was how you knew what a full basket was. I think back to my example with the potato chips. Uh, they put air in there to make it full. It's not filled up to the top. It's not full to the brim. They, they, they make it seem like it's full. They make it seem like it's pressed down and shaken, but it's actually the opposite. It's looking for how can we give them something that looks big, but it actually isn't as much. And so you see it with drinks and chocolates and, and fast food, and, and, and that's just in food. Like, there's so many areas in our life where they give us something that's bigger than life, but they've actually just filled it with air <sighs> or whatever you want to fill that with. But you see, generosity goes above and beyond what is normal. Generosity says, hey, look, um, I see that you need help with your car right now. While I'm there fixing your tyre, why don't I wash your windscreen? Why don't I do this? Why don't I do this? Why don't I do this? And at the end of the day, walking away and going, I just help someone, and that's all the gratification I need. Generosity goes above 
and beyond. But while we're looking at this message, and this is why I said it's not really an offering message, if we go back a verse to verse 37, it says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Then it says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And you'll be pour- it will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. We're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about uh, giving people the benefit of the doubt, not judging people's actions. It's nothing about money. It's nothing about possessions. It's about our thoughts towards others. We can be generous in, in every area of our lives. Furthermore, if we jump back even further to verse 32, it says, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? That's pretty hard. In other words, the people that love you and you love them back, well, cool, that's quite standard. Even sinners love those who love them. And if, you do, and if you do good to those who are only good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those for whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. That's a hard one. Then your reward will be great. Like I said, there's no, we're not after the reward, but the reward of generosity is there. It is great. It is amazing. It's a more generous heart for us. It's that people see the God glorified. Your reward will be great, and then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. That's us. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Love our enemies. Love our friends. Generosity through good deeds. Generosity to all people. Generosity above what is normal or what is expected. There's a lot in this chapter. I encourage you to read, read on further uh, in, what chapter was it again? Uh, Luke 6. Um, because he starts talking about uh, how pe- we will know good people by what comes out of their heart. The good deeds that come out of their heart. Again, the heart. That's where generosity comes from. So if you've got a generous heart, good deeds. If you have a stingy heart, bad deeds. Generosity breeds generosity. Generosity is contagious. Generosity goes above and beyond, and we can be generous in everything we do. We've talked about our finances. We've talked about our time. We've talked about being generous in forgiveness and our good deeds. We can apply it to so many other areas of our life. I always wondered why generosity wasn't a fruit of the Spirit. And then in, uh, in studying, I realized that every single fruit of the Spirit we can exercise with generosity. It's almost like it, it encompasses everything that we do in our faith. We can be generous with the love we share for others. We've just covered that. We can be generous in the joy that we have. There's nothing more, like, people want to be heard. People want to be understood. If someone comes to you with something that's amazing that's happening in their life and you think, oh, that's kind of basic, that's kind of ordinary, can we just be joy? Like, that's the one thing my wife does for everyone. Like, it doesn't matter, like... It doesn't matter if what you said was the most boring thing in the world to her. She'll be like, well, I'm taking on this joy and I'm going to express my gratitude for what they have. We can be generous in joy. Generous in peace, being the peacemakers in situations. Generous with our patience. Who knows, a lot of us need to be more generous with our patience. Um, I was sitting there with my kids and I thought, I need to be more generous in my patience towards my kids. Generous in kindness. Generous in goodness. Generous with our faithfulness. Sharing what we, we believe, what we see, what we know God's doing so that we can see other people have it. Perhaps one of the biggest areas is uh, giving people the benefit of the doubt. Being generous in uh, letting people be them without judging who they are. 
Ben said a few weeks ago, no one wakes up wanting to make your day difficult. No one wakes up thinking, I'm going to make Rob's day difficult today. I don't think anyone does that. If they do that, then they're not a friend. There's something wrong with them. No one wakes up and thinks, I'm going to make Sarah's day difficult. No one thinks that. And then, so we need to be generous in our patience and try to understand why they are doing what they're doing. And I read this quote, and it's not a Christian quote. Um, it, was, it, was in one of the, it was in one of the articles about generosity, and it said, Those who give you a serpent when you ask for a fish may have nothing but serpents to give. And so that's then generosity on their part. Wow. Understanding, giving people the benefit of the doubt. Being generous in open-mindedness, generous in acceptance of who they are and what they do, generous in sympathy and empathy, generous in encouragement, generous in considering others' feelings and thoughts and possessions above our own. The list goes on. Philippians 2.3 says, Don't be selfish, don't try to impress, be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. If we walk around thinking of the person next to us as better than ourselves, how can we not be generous? How can we not think, what, what can we do to, 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 to give to you? Again, I said, imagine if the, the church, imagine our society, imagine the, the sporting club that you might be part of, uh, the knitting club, the, the fishing club, whatever it is, just imagine if generosity started to come in, became contagious, and all of a sudden people are given, you know, they're giving you their favourite needle, and the, they're giving you thread, they're giving you fishing lines, they're giving you... I don't know, whatever it is, and it's not because they feel they're going to get something back in return, but it's because they want to be generous. How better to share the gospel of God than get people talking about the generous love of Christ? And so it's the small things done continually. What small thing can you go out today and be generous, where potentially beforehand you may have thought, oh, why do I even do this? How can you do something small today? And a small act of generosity that maybe becomes bigger tomorrow, bigger on Tuesday, bigger on Wednesday, and continues. And you might not see the full reward or the full scope of it for years. It might not be for 10, 15, 20 years. But I know in my heart that because of the way that I was generous when I was 17, 18, 19, I'm standing up here as in my mid-30s knowing that God's done amazing things in my life because it paved the way for me to do amazing things. And so like. I encourage you, like, even for me this morning when I'm sitting there and I'm like, I need to be more patient with my kids. That's what I'm going to focus on this week. I'm going to be generously patient with my one-year-old, my three-year-old and my four-year-old. Pray for me. I'm going to need it. But I'm going to catch myself when I've got that attitude of, oh, what's the point? Why do I even bother? I'm going to catch myself and say, no, I'm giving generously patience to my kids. What is it that you could do this week to begin that cycle of living more generous? Like I said, the generous person never becomes less generous. They always become more generous. Lord, I thank you, God. I thank you that messages like this can be difficult. But I thank you, Lord, that you speak to each and every one of our hearts. Keep us accountable this week. Help us to be generous. Help us to do the small things that, are, that don't seem like much. But, Lord, in the end, they add up to these big things that the world can see and they can question and ask and, and find out about your love, Lord. And the, at the end of the day, it, all that matters is that we love people like you love people. And so, Lord, I thank you this week. Would you encourage us? Would you bless us? Would you continue to give as you always do to us with nothing in return? And that we would pass on that favor. We would pass on that gesture out of love for you and love for people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.